everyone, this is Catherine Lorimer and welcome to the next edition of my well-being podcast, Surviving Divorce. So this week, um, as a break from the story that I've been telling, I'm going to tell you all about my first 5k run because I did, well, I did a charity one last year, but this was a proper race, proper, 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 proper 5k race and I'm very excited. I did it today. So um, I'm starting off and I wrote the podcast. I started it last night. So um, I'm doing my first 5k run tomorrow and that's obviously today. Um, I've done quite a lot of preparation for it in advance and I know that I can run four and a half miles in about an hour. My last time for 5k was around 45 minutes. I think it was actually 43 minutes. So I want to run it in under that time and I'll be happy. I'm really pleased that I've been running further than the actual race as mentally I know I can do it. And last time I had to run for two mins and then walk for two mins. But as I've already ran for over 5k, I know that I can run the whole distance. And that's really half the battle. So there are going to be some hills. I've accepted that because it's in Wales. Um, But I've incorporated these into my training and even done them at the end. And I need to be up early tomorrow to walk Pippa because I need to leave at 10 past 8 in the morning. And it's a 40 minute drive. I need to register because the race starts um, before the race starts and it starts at 9.30 a.m. Um, I have no idea of the route. I'll just have to follow everybody else and hope I don't get lost. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think I've got my rucksack ready with my safety pins in and my drink. And it's all ready in advance. And I'm just going to do some light exercise. So I've just been doing some light walking for the past two days so that I'm um, on my best form. Now, this morning, because it's Sunday and I'm recording it tonight, um, I was up at seven o'clock. I headed downstairs to do the usual feed the cat and Pippa and get my pole of borage, porridge, borage, <laughs> porridge even, 50 grams that I weigh out. And I had some Greek yogurt as well, 100 grams. And I wanted to eat well before the race started and a good couple of hours in advance. Um, so there's no risk of me getting heartburn because I do suffer from that if I exercise too soon after I've eaten. Now, um, I also took Pippa for a short walk this morning and I've been mixing and matching her walk so that she gets used to not always doing the same thing. So sometimes she'll have a longer walk in the morning and a shorter walk in the morning or a longer walk in the afternoon or a shorter walk in the afternoon and I'll take her for a longer walk later on. Now I've showered, got ready first thing. So when I got back from Pippa's walk... I had a really small glass of squash because I didn't want to need to pee halfway around the race. I put my pink trainers on and headed out the door. And I popped the run postcode into my sat-nav and got the directions. I sort of knew where I was going anyway, but sat-nav takes the stress out of getting lost and then being late for something. And the drive took about 40 minutes. And I have a Labrador licking my hand when I'm trying to record this. I wasn't nervous at all. I've done lots of competitions on my horses, mainly dressage, and you get used to people watching at these events. And what I've noticed is that the equine world is a lot more judgmental than the running world. Instead of the, you did well after you rode your horse, in the worst dressage test ever known to man, knowing full well that people will be saying that behind your back. But the running world is all about the times, and you're running against your own time. And yes, you want to do well. But the important thing is, you just want to run all the way around and I wanted to beat my time. And also, I wanted to lose weight. 
And winning anything isn't really on the agenda at all, as it would have been if I was doing a dressage competition. I'd be focused on getting a rosette. So I arrived at 9am, plenty of time, parked up the car and headed to the back to register. My number was 6133. I was doing the Rithin 5k run by Bespoke Fitness. Just in case anyone wants to double check my entry and timings, because there will be that one person out there who does. I popped back to the car and took off my fleece jacket, which I usually run in, only to realise that I now had no pockets to put my phone or car keys in. I'd have to leave my phone in the car and carry my car keys. So I need to get something to put these on in future. I popped back to do a bit of social media at the start and then hid my phone in the car. And I spent the next 15 minutes walking about getting warmed up. It was a really cold morning and I do have problems with my breath running when it's cold. I hope that would be okay today. I took lots of deep breaths um, in my warmer and I also did a lot of stretching. We were called to the start about 10 minutes before the race. I had noticed on the instructions that the start and finish were in two different locations. I'd not heard the instructions that were announced as I'd been walking around the back of the building at the time. So I wasn't really sure what we were doing when people started walking through the start. But, you know, I just followed everybody else. We walked down this to the start, which was actually off a country lane. The finish was a narrow pathway. If you tried to start everyone from there, we'd have all been banging into each other. Hence the different start and finish locations. It all made complete sense now. We had a few minutes wait while we all did some stretches. I had a good look around me. The one thing that is obvious to anybody who runs is they're all fairly thin. And I remember my old wonderful manager Kirsty started running as she wanted to lose weight. And she did lots of runs and it helped to get fitter. There were a few people who, like me, looked a bit on the rounder side. But the more I do of this, the fitter and slimmer I'll become. A woman behind me said, everyone is suddenly getting competitive. I just turned around to her and said, I'm not. I'm just hoping I don't get lost, to which she laughed. We were called forward. I was near the front. I knew that a lot of people would pass me on the first stretch. But I wasn't bothered about that, as when you're running, you're running against yourself. And we started off at the really competitive ones, took off at speed, and I managed to keep up with them for the first 100 metres. Then my breathing issue started. Again, my chest gets all tight and I can't get my breath and I struggle to breathe. I usually battle through this for about a while and then it goes and I can breathe. I'm an asthmatic, but I don't use my inhaler much. I made a mental note to text my cousin Jim, who does a lot of running and is also an asthmatic, to ask him whether I should be using it because it might help. Slowly but surely, I puffed my way along. I was overtaken by most of the field, but I didn't let that deter me as this was my first real-timed run. And I've only really been running seriously for about a month. I knew I had no chance of winning it. I just wanted to get round. I really had to concentrate on my breathing in and out. My chest was really, really tight because it was so cold. I could still see all the runners at this point, and I could hear a couple behind me. Then we turned right, and slowly the front runners disappeared from view, but I kept on going. We passed the 1K mark, and my breathing started to ease up. I had to stop to tie my trainer lace up as well. A note next time to double knot them before I set off. This brief stop was all I needed, though, to sort my breathing out, and it became much easier from then on. I just had to concentrate on running. I was just looking for technique, 
middle of the foot down on the ground and keep moving. We turned into the next lane. There were a few stewards all the way cheering us. And I smiled and gave the thumbs up when my picture was taken. I'm getting used to this now. After years of having hated my photo taken, I can just about cope with it. We were on to the next stretch now and another lady passed me by. I'm definitely going to end up last, I thought. I have no idea how far we have come, I said to her as she passed. And she checked her wrist and told me we'd been done 2.7k already, so well over halfway, which was really good. And I was still okay, not tired. Legs not too heavy as we headed out onto the main road and along the really uneven pavement. I'd have been terrified of running this and twisting my ankle previously. But I did a few months with a personal trainer last year and it has really helped the way that I move. It's built up strength in my legs and ankles and helped with posture. So I just carried on going. It was during this stretch that I knew I could do it and I was okay if I came last. That was always the issue I'd had when I was riding. I didn't think I was good enough, so I would never enter a competition. Instead, I should have just gone for it and entered them anyway, not caring if I came last. The good news is that horse riders compete into their 70s, so although I've had a year off, at some point in the mythical future, I might still one day have the chance to get another horse and compete on it. I made it up the main road. I could still see some competitors in the distance. I did notice that a couple were walking for a bit and then running. I was happy with my I will go at a steady pace and run all the way attitude. When we turned the corner up a really steepy hill, I heard a couple of voices behind me and for the first time I thought that maybe I wasn't last after all. I got up the hill, missing Pippa, who usually helps me pull me up the hills on a run. I got up it though, glad that I had run up Bittercup Hill on training and headed into the last stretch. The other runners were out of sight now. It was just me, hoping that I was going the right way. At this point, I was lapped by a 10k runner who, bless him, instead of focusing on what he was doing, which I assume was to go on and win, he shouted to me, come on, keep going, which made me smile and I managed to increase my pace slightly. And this is what I mean about runners. They encourage you and that was a really nice thing for him to do knowing that I would be trying and tiring at the last stretch. And at the T-junction, he went right and we went left. Two strangers, probably never to meet again, but both always remembering that moment, life is full of things like that. I joked to the stewards at the junction, I'm going that way, pointing left. And one of them joked in reply, you can do the 10k if you want. No thanks, I replied with a smile. I carried on up the left stretch. The next steward called out, you're in the top 30, which I doubted. But I arrived at the steps, heading to the last stretch, and the steward said, Well done, you're nearly there, just be careful up the steps. And I was in the home straight. It was at this point I heard footsteps behind me. My true competitive nature was engaged. There was no way I was going to let anybody else get past me on the last stretch to the finish line, so I upped my pace a bit to try and put some space between us. I could hear his footsteps getting closer. He's adjusted his pace as well. Now I understood why Vassos from Virgin Radio had said that you need to practice sprints as well, which I had done last week, and I was always fain yet another gear, dug deep and I powered on, actually really surprising myself by how fast I can actually run, because I was flying down the last stretch. 
And I think it's because I'm tall and I have long legs. I can really actually cover some ground when I make my mind up to do it. He didn't catch me. And I just powered through the finish line, turned around to see him finishing, slightly surprised, just behind me. I bent my head down for the small child to put my finisher's medal on and gave me some water and a flyer to get 20% off a shop in Cheshire Oaks, the retail outlet. I was really out of breath for having really pushed myself in that last stretch, but I soon gained it back on my way to the car. I sat in my car feeling really, really happy about my achievement. I wanted to check my time. The text had come through. It says 54 minutes, which was a lot slower than I was aiming for, but I was still happy that I'd managed to run all the way round. I sent my cousin Jim a text to tell him how I'd got on. He said, under an hour, well done. I asked him about my inhaler and he told me that he uses his, so I think I'll start using it before a run. I drove home and then checked the results online. When I got back, it said I was 48th and that my gun time was 37.33. Did that mean that I'd gone much quicker than I thought? I messaged Jim and he checked the results and confirmed yes, it was 37.33. So I'd done it. I'd smashed both goals. I'd run all the way and I'd done it in six minutes quicker than last year. And seven people had finished after me, so I wasn't last either. Jim also told me that he knew three of the top finishers, which means that they're at his level or in a running club. And Jim asked me what my next event was, so I told him it was a 10k. I love that when I tell him where I'm going to go next, he then tells me he's won an event there. This time, he'd won the 5k at my next event, not once, not twice, but three times. This is someone who has run the London Marathon in under three hours. But do you know what? He's really, really supportive. And every time I tell him my time and how I've done, I always get a really positive text back from him going, that's really, really good. And I told him that my aim was to get into the top of my age range and event. And given I'll be going up an age range later on this year, it's a really achievable goal. I did also ask him what on earth he did with his car keys because I'd had to carry mine all the way around. And what did I need to get on my wrist to see how many miles I'd run? Um, times for what distance? As it stands, I've calculated I should be able to do a half a marathon in two hours, 35 minutes. But I've allowed three hours for this, just in case I have to walk. And I'm aiming to do a 10k in one hour, 15 minutes. But I think I'll give myself a target of one hour, 30 minutes. Again, just in case I have to walk. But I'm determined not to. He puts his keys in a zip pocket, he said, and he recommended getting a Garmin watch. And he sent me a link to an app that you can subscribe to if you link it to your Garmin watch. So I've added that to my wish list and I'll look into getting one of those. But there's a big, big problem if I do get one. They don't do them in pink. (laughs) So thanks very much for listening and I hope you've enjoyed this special 5K, first 5K run podcast Um, Next week, we'll be back to continuing the story. I think we're on chapter seven. Okay, thanks very much. Take care. Have an amazing week, everyone.